Thank you, Miriam. I'm going to ask Miriam to come back up at 11.45 just to remind me to uh, wrap it up and because uh, I'll keep going. How many of you in here, you have kids? Wave at me if you have kids. Um, I love my kids so much. It's, they're growing up, and, and uh, it's freaking me out a little bit. I trust God. But it's one of those things where it's like, you know, uh, my oldest went to a dance across the lake last night, and, like, she's looking beautiful. I don't know what to think about it. And, uh, and uh, my son, uh, you know, he's, he's playing ball right now. And, and so, you know, there's these different seasons in life. You're reminded how much you love your kids. And, uh, and my son... Uh, he, he's been playing ball, and, and I hate to admit it, I hate to admit it, but I think I'm that dad. You know, that, that father that, like, freaks out on the sideline? I don't want to be. I don't want to be. I showed up to a game, and there was a game previous to the one my son played, and there was a dad yelling. He got up my nerves, and I thought, oh, my God, that's me. That is me. I am that person. Like, like I tried to contain myself, but, like, I want to talk to the refs. I even want to talk to the little kids. Like, you're horrible. You know what I mean? Like, you're going to lose, you know? It's like I have to remember I'm a pastor when I'm on the field with, with, uh, with, with my son. And so he actually started playing uh, football last year. And the thing, last year he was kind of new to the team. It was a different league. And, uh, and, and the problem was he really didn't understand the game too much. He was out there. He wanted to throw, but the coach didn't really know him. And, and he's like trying to, I, I saw him, he's like trying to impress the coach, but there's tons of kids on the field. He's like throwing the ball, trying to get, but he didn't know his place. He didn't know his place. Not only that, but he didn't understand like his position. He didn't understand his position. I'm like, so what position are you? He's like, I don't know. Because the coach hasn't told me. I'm like, well, you got to find your position. And, and he's like, well, I'm, I'm just running around trying to catch the ball. I'm like, you got to know the position. I said, what are the plays? He's like, I don't know, right? I don't know the plays. I don't know my position. I don't know my place. And when he talked about football, he, he did not sound very excited about it. He was like, I, I really, you know, I'm trying to find this thing. I, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to learn this thing. And the difference is this year he actually had a different coach and the coach like was like uh, a grandpa of like his uh, of one of his like good good friends so he's feeling confident like I got the inside scoop with the coach now right he he knows his place with the coach right and so the coach sees him and is believing in him and and the coach is actually taking time and showing him his position like this is what you're going to play he's even got like the little playbook on his like arm you know what i mean so he's looking at the playbook so he knows the plays and now when he talks about football he's like dad this is the only thing i want to do because he's understanding it now he gets it now and like the other night he like made a like you know 40 yard pass I was freaking out every time I tried to film like our, our video I'm dropping the phone because I'm so excited you know what I mean and I'm cheering him on and I'm excited because he's finally getting to know the game he's starting to speak different and I realize something has clicked did you know that it's that way with a lot of Christians they're not excited about God. They're not excited about church. They're not excited about what they're doing for God. They, you hear it in, the, in their voice. How are you doing? How's your relationship with God? How, and you hear it by the way that they speak because most of the time they, they are not understanding their place, their position, or their purpose. They don't know the playbook. They don't understand it. They don't totally grasp it. 
You know, the Bible says this. It says in, um, in Hosea, it says, my people are destroyed because of a lack of knowledge. My people are destroyed because of a lack of knowledge. And a lot of times, if we don't have the knowledge or the revelation of what we're supposed to be in God, our position, our place, our authority, then we, we, you can tell it by the way people talk that they're not excited about it because, because they, they are being destroyed because of a lack of knowledge. And I, I pray today that Church 54 can be that coach for you that can remind you about the play, about your place, about, about where you stand, about your, your, your purpose. I pray that, that, that you will begin to understand that at another level because the Bible says that the deeper that you go with God, the more understanding you have and the more you realize you're united with him and the more authority that you have with him. So I pray today that we can be coaches today, and I'm telling you, our Father is in heaven, that crazy Father on the sideline, right now cheering you on. See, I don't even remember the plays that Noah messed up on because I was so excited about the plays that he succeeded in, and some of you are beating yourself up so bad on the things that you're not doing right, and you've got a heavenly Father right now saying, yeah, but you know what you did, you know what you, or what you did wrong. You have a heavenly Father saying, but you, you see that play you, you did right. you got a Father cheering you on. I didn't make that up. It's in the Bible. The Bible says he's at the right hand of the throne making intercession for you. He's actually cheering you on. And in the heavenlies, there is like this uh, crowd of witnesses that's cheering you on. And I'm here to tell you that God is going to begin to show you your place and your position. You're going to come into faith and you're going to begin to speak victory over your life. Do you believe that today? And so... That's what Paul said. Paul said in Ephesians, he said, this is my prayer. I pray that you will know, you will, you will know who he is, your place in him, your inheritance, your calling, and the power that you have. When you see that word power in the Bible, the majority of the time it means your authority in him. Your authority. Power many times means authority. And so we're going to talk about that a little bit today. And I'm going to give you this today, four prerequisites to speaking victory, speaking victory. There are some things that we need to ascertain. There's some things that we need to understand. There are some things that we need to have knowledge of and come into faith with before we actually speak with authority. Can we look at three different scriptures today that we need to chew on, we need to believe in, so that when we speak, things happen? Can we look at that today? So four prerequisites to speaking authority. Number one, we need to know our place. Like Noah need to know his place with his coach. You need to know your place with God. Can we read about that? Romans 8, 17 says this. And since we are his true tr children, we qualify to share in all his treasures. For indeed, we are heirs of God himself. And since we are joined to Christ, we also inherit all that he is and all that he has. Wait, 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 wait. Is this real? Is this real life? How many, wave at me if you believe the Bible. All his promises in the Bible. He says, we also inherit all that he is and all that he has. That's pretty big. 
Wait a second. He says, you're his children. You're his heir. We inherit all that he is, all that he has. We will experience being co-glorified with him, provided that we accept his sufferings as our own. He's saying this. He's saying, we're going to go through things, but you need to know who you belong to. You need to know your place. The more you believe that the King of kings and the Lord of lords is your father, and you actually are an heir, and you have an inheritance in him, you will start to pray a little different. You will start to speak a little different. You will start to declare things a little different when you really believe that you're a king's kid. I'm here to remind you of your place. Your coach, you got a connection with him. You got favor. You're actually his child. See, that's what it means, Old Testament and New Testament. The New Testament, that is your inheritance, like a, a will, a, a testament. And, and when you come into faith in that, you start to have power in that area. And so it, there's a story in the Bible when there was a Roman centurion. He is, a, he is an officer. And the Bible says that God was in awe of his faith because he had a servant that needed to be healed. And he said, well, I'll come to your house. And he said, I'm not worthy for you to come to my house. You just say the word and it will be done because I understand how this works. I have authority and I tell people what to do and they do it. I'm in the army and this is how it works. And God was in awe with the faith. And in that moment, his servant was healed. And you have to understand that when God speaks it and you say it, it's going to happen. He was also in awe of a faith or awe in doubt. There's two times you see Jesus in awe. One, it was a centurion uh, soldier that he, he's a Roman soldier. He's not even a Jew. He's not even a part of the people of God. And he just said, I understand authority. You said it, I believe it, and it's going to happen. Then you have another person that's actually uh, another group of people. The Bible says that Jesus went to his hometown, and but because the people were familiar with him and said, isn't that just Joseph's son? The Bible says that Jesus, God himself, was limited in the power and in the miracles that he could do in that town. He was in awe of their doubt. How many of you want to be the person that God is in awe of your faith? That if God says it, I'm going to speak it, and I'm going to believe it. Wave at me if that's how you want to be. See, God wants to bless your life. God wants to bless your life. If you're a parent in here, you never in your mind picture or want lack for your children. Anybody? Nobody is like, you know what? I want my kids to just struggle for the rest of their life and be miserable. No, you want to bless them. My daughter, she was ready to uh, get ready for this homecoming. She's a little excited about it. And, and she was like, man, I, I can't find somebody to do my hair. Leah was actually uh, working on something. I called 20 places and did not ask the price. I should have. I called 20 places to find, because I want her to be blessed. I want her to, I want her to have the desires of her heart. And you need to know for your life, God says, delight in me and I will give you the desires of your heart. So the things, God put desires inside of you, and some of us don't feel qualified for those things because we don't know or we don't understand who we are. We're heirs of God. And I'm telling you, when you begin to delight yourself in him, we don't go to him for what we can get 
that's a secondary consequence. We go to him because we love him, but a secondary consequence of being in the presence and loving God and knowing who we are is you'll start to see the blessings in your life unfold. And the things that you are dreaming about, God wants those for you. See, some of us have a hang-up because we're not sure if God really wants us to be blessed. We see the faults in our life, and we're not sure if God wants us to be blessed. But I'm here to tell you today, he's a father that wants to bless you. He's a father that wants to bless you. A lot of people, they come to God and they have this old-time mindset that if they live for God, that they can't be blessed. That is not, that's not what the Bible even says. The Bible says, I'm not just talking about material things. I'm talking about blessing your health, blessing in, in your mind, blessing your emotions, blessed in your body. But listen, God also wants you to be blessed in every area of your life. He's saying, will you believe it? Will you believe it? But if we have that hang-up and we have that argument in our head, I'm not really sure. I'm not really sure the will of God. Well, you can see the will of God right here. He says he's got treasures for you. But what he really wants, he wants you. The Bible says seek first the kingdom of God in his righteousness and all things, say all things, will be added to you. And God will begin to develop you. I'm here to tell you today, there are things in my life that I, I, I could not achieve without God. See, faith is believing in something that's bigger than what you can do on your own. That's faith. And God wants us to begin to take off that wrong thinking, know that Jesus paid the price for us to start to think as kings. And we're going to begin to speak different because we know who we are in God. So God wants you to know right now that your place, your place, coach, tell me my place, your place, you're a child of God. You have an inheritance. The prodigal son wanted to be away from the father's house and he started to see the curse on his life. And the Bible says that the light bulb went on and he said, man, what am I doing? Even the servants of my father get, get treated better than this. I'm going to go back and see if I can just be a servant. And on his way back, the Bible says that his father was looking afar, waiting for them to come back home. And the son could not even have time to repent. The father fell on his neck, kissed him and said, this is my son. He was dead and now he's alive. Put new clothes on him. Let's kill the fatted calf. The father wanted to bless his son. And some of us have been accepting lack and disappointment and ruins in our life. And he says, I want you to come back home. I want you to begin to see the goodness of God. I'm going to clothe you with righteousness. I'm going to put a signet ring on your finger, which meant authority. I'm going to put new sandals on your feet, which means purpose in your life. And I'm going to cause you to come into victory. Do you believe that today? Come on, give God a hand if you believe that today. Number two, number two, know your position. Know your place. Number two, know your position. Ephesians 2, 5 through 6. That even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when Jesus raised from the dead. It is only by God's grace that you are saved. For he raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with him in heavenly realms because we are united with Christ Jesus. That, here we hear it again. Wait, you're united with God. When Jesus died and he rose again and he poured out his spirit, he went to the right hand of the Father and he sat, making his enemies his footstool. And the Bible says right here, right here, the Bible says that you are seated with him. 
The Bible says you are seated with him. I'm here to remind you today that your position in God is seated with God. Now, back in this era, see, we, these days we sit with anybody. But back in this era, you would only sit with people that was in your circle, right? You would only sit with people that actually had a place at the table. And I'm here to tell you today that God, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, says, I want you to sit at my table. And the people at his table are his ambassadors. See, if we have a president, we have a president. If there's an ambassador of the president, whatever that ambassador says, it is as though the king or the president said it himself. And God says, you're an ambassador. If we really thought that we were ambassadors of Christ, don't you think we would pray a little different? Don't you think we would speak a little different? Don't you think we would declare a little different if we really believed that we are ambassadors? I believe that we would speak different. There's a uh, story in the Bible with David. David was good friends with Jonathan and had a covenant with Jonathan, which is Saul, the king's son. David eventually became king, but in the process of that, when when uh, when Saul and Jonathan went out to war, they were actually killed in war. Now, Jonathan, Jonathan, the guy, the friend of David that David had a covenant with, Jonathan, um, his son, his son's name was, was Mephibosheth. Now, when the servant that was watching Mephibosheth, which is Jonathan's son, got word that Jonathan and Saul died, Mephibosheth was dropped and was crippled by a young age. So Mephibosheth could not even walk. He was crippled. He, and when you were crippled in that day, not only did your uh, father, the king, die in battle, which was a disgrace, when you were crippled, you were consider, considered an outsider. And so he was looked upon in the community as somebody that did not measure up. But David, the king, had a covenant with Jonathan. And when David actually became king, he remembered the covenant that he had with, uh, with Jonathan. And he said, go get Mephibosheth. Now, Mephibosheth was nervous because David was the new king. He thought he was going to be cast out, rejected, and even killed. So when he came to the palace, David actually said, because I have a covenant with Jonathan, I want you, Mephibosheth, not only am I going to give you a place in the land, I'm going to give you your lot in the land, but I want you to sit at my table. This is a picture of the covenant that God has with us, and God is remembering you. I don't know if you, were, if you were dropped spiritually when you were younger. I don't know if you are crippled spiritually, but I'm here to tell you today that God knows the covenant that his son made, and he's saying, I need you to come sit at my table. You have a place in my kingdom. Come sit at my table. You're not just sitting at my table because you're a friend. You're actually sitting at my table because you, uh, you share my authority. I'm here to tell you that you have a table in the presence of your enemies, and God is setting it up so that you can come in victory. You might be up and pacing in your spirit, but God says, I want you to sit down with me. You've got my authority. You might be coming into anxiety about your future because of the pandemic, but if God's not worried and I'm sitting at his table, I don't have to be worried because God has given me this position that I'm an ambassador of Christ. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm an ambassador. 
Come on, we're seated with him. We're seated with him. Let's, let's read this. Are y'all good today? Let's read this. 1 John 5, 14, and we're going to cro- close. This is the remarkable degree of confidence which we believers are entitled to have before him. That if we ask anything, that if we ask anything, that if we ask, I'm going to read it one more time. That if we ask according to his will that is consistent with his plan and purpose, he hears us. And if we know for a fact, as indeed we do, that he hears us and listens to us, whatever we ask, we also know with settled and absolute knowledge that we have gra- it is granted to us the request which we have asked for him. Let me ask you, when's the last time you asked God in complete confidence about what you need in your life? God is saying, I need you to have complete confidence of the authority that you have, not because of what you have done, but because of what I have done, and not because you have measured up like Mephibosheth, you're coming to my table because I invited you to my table. Not because you have done everything right, but because I have a covenant, I believe in you, you're sitting at my table. That's why God said, I want you to pray like this. My Father, which is in heaven, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done. He said, pray like this because, number one, your Father's in heaven. Number two, you have the authority to actually bring the kingdom of heaven to the earth. I'm here to tell you that you don't have to uh, accept the doctor's report that God says you're healed. I'm here to tell you that God says, by his stripes, you are healed. God wants you to see it, and he wants you to confess it. I'm here to tell you that your kids are going to be all right, because you're going to understand that you have the authority of God backing you up, and you're going to begin to speak life into your children. You're going to begin to speak life into your business. You're going to begin to speak life into your finance. You begin to think different. You begin to speak different. And the Bible says your tongue is like a rudder on the ship that you will begin to operate different and the blessing will be attracted to you. Do you believe that? Because that's what the Bible says. That's what the Bible gives us. He's given us the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Number three, know your purpose. Know your purpose. Just like Noah, he didn't know his place. He didn't know his position, and he didn't know the play. How many of you know as Christians we need to know the play? You need to know the play. What route are you taking? What route are you taking? Why do we have all this authority? Why do we have all this place with God? There is a play that God wants us to make as children of God. Can we look and see what that is? It's in Ephesians 1.20. It says this. Listen to how big God sees the church. He says, all this issue, energy issues from Christ, God raised him from the death and set him on the throne in deep heaven in charge of running the whole universe. Everything from galaxies to governments, no name and no power except from his rule. Listen, and not just for the time being, but forever. He is in charge of it all. He has a final word on everything. And at the center of it, at the center of all this, listen to this. God created everything. He's over all the governments. He's over all the world. And at the center of all this, Christ rules the church. The church, you see, is not peripheral or secondary to the world, but the world is peripheral to the church. The church is Christ's body in which he speaks and acts, by which he fills everything with his presence. This is, this is God saying, this is our play. I am over it all. 
and I've given you a place, I've given you a position, but this is, this is what I, I, I am calling you to do. This is the play, that in everything, through you, I am going to act and I'm going to move in the earth. He says, in all of this, the church is the church is in the center of all this. And so I don't want you to just keep this authority for yourself. I don't want you to just have this and hoard it for yourself. I want you to act in love on my behalf. Why does God want us to come into faith and know this? Because you actually have the authority on earth for people to see who Jesus is through you. That's what his body is. When it comes together, it functions to show who God is. And God says, I'm going to show your neighbors through you. I'm going to show that person that is checking you out who I am through you. When you come together, I'm actually bringing you together in power, and people are going to see me through you. Do you believe that? There was a, a time when Peter and John was walking to the temple. By the way, the temple's important. The house of God is important. And there was a gate called beautiful to get into the temple. And there was a crippled man there, a beggar there, that was asking for money. And Peter looks at him and says, money and gold I do not have, but be healed in the name of Jesus. And the Bible says because they were together and they spoke life into this man, strength entered his body. And he actually came with Peter and John into the temple. I'm here to tell you that there are words, there are acts that God wants you to do with people in this city that are hurting, that, that are down and out, and he wants you to speak life and love into those people and not only keep them there, but bring them into the house of God. How about we say, you know what, I don't want to come to church alone anymore. I'm going to save a seat for the people that I invite. Because God has given us a place, he's given us a position, but he's also given us a purpose. And our purpose is to love those and show the love of Christ to your neighbors and to people all around you. And you know what? One encouraging word. You know, you say, you know, I don't really know how to pray for people. Your prayers don't need to be eloquent. Your prayers don't need to be outstanding. Peter and John said, be healed in the name of Jesus. That was it. Not, oh, Lord, sovereign heaven and earth and all the creation of the world, please come and show up on my behalf. No, he said, in the name of Jesus, be healed. How about the person that you know is down and out? Hey, can I pray for you? Just lost a loved one. God, be with them in the name of Jesus. And they're like, oh, man, I feel different. You know what? You need to come with me to church. You need to come with me. There are people there that would love you. Listen to what the Bible says. The Bible says in, in Miriam, if you can come and play. The Bible says this, I tell you, if two or more agree in anything that's in my name, whatever you ask, it will be done. Just like Peter and John said, in the name of Jesus, get up. You know what one of my dreams are for this church and Church 54? That all over the city, I can't help but see you guys in the city praying and loving on people. That when you run into me, you're going to see me loving on people. When I run into you, I'm going to see you loving on people. And you're saying, what is the play? The play is people. What is the purpose? It's people. The problem is we get so focused on ourselves that we actually don't operate the way that we should operate. And we wonder why we feel empty. And God says, well, it's really not about you. It's about people. When's the last time we've prayed for people? We interceded for people. We invited people that, 
that this is where the fulfillment comes, that God doesn't want it to keep it, all this goodness for ourselves, but to multiply who you are in people. And I'm here to tell you, when you put his kingdom first, he begins to take care of you and your house. All things come to you. Do you believe this? Man, I believe God's going to put people on your heart to reach out to. And I believe that this week you're going to come into authority and you say, you know what, I'm going to know my position in God. I know that I'm a child of God and I'm going to begin to speak things into existence. I'm going to begin to declare God's word. And I'm going to know, I'm going to know that the things that I declare, it's only a matter of time before it happens. This is my fourth point. My fourth point is this. We need to know the process. See, between the seed and the harvest, there's this thing called time. You ever heard? Good wine takes time. There is a process. There is a process. And this is what God says. Don't get tired of doing good because in due season, the harvest is coming. So when we begin to have faith, we have this title deed. We begin to have this faith. When we begin to speak God's word, we know that it's only a matter of time. It is a title deed. When you go on Amazon and you put in your credit card number and you get a receipt and you know that that package that you're going to get are those shoes that you bought, you're expecting for the doorbell to ring because you have a receipt, a title deed. Your title deed is what Jesus did on the cross. You might not see it yet, but it's coming. When you believe what he has done and you begin to speak the word, it's embedded in your heart and you need to know that your family member's coming, that your home is coming, that that thing that God put in your heart, it's coming. Do not lose heart because in due season it's coming. I'm here to tell you, I want to be like that father on the sideline. Don't give up. Go after it. You've got this. God is in heaven right now encouraging. He's speaking words of life over you because he wants you to keep running. And I know that you've gone through a lot, but God is causing you today to put that crown on and to overcome as his children and kings. Come on, if you believe it, stand up right where you are. I want to pray for you today. Today I believe that when we begin to go back to that that promise, that, that place when Jesus shed his blood, we come into faith about how we are and who we are and what belongs to us. And I want to make a declaration today that we're no longer going to see ourselves as people in the curse or in lack or not enough. We're going to begin to see ourselves the way he sees us, that he sees us as children. He sees us as ambassadors. He sees us as those that can make the play. And in due season, when we hold on to that faith, you're going to begin to see those things happen in your life. Come on, if you believe it, just lift up your hands right where you are if you feel comfortable. I want to pray a prayer over you. Lord, I bind right now any interference, any wall, any rejection, any thought that comes above your thought, Lord. I tear those down in the name of Jesus. And I thank you that today that they're going to begin to have your thoughts 
thoughts. They're going to begin to believe big and have your plan. And Lord, I thank you that they will believe it so much that it will be like a fire in their bones and they have to speak it and they have to declare it. Lord, I believe for their personal life, for freedom, that regal freedom, Lord, in their marriage, Lord, if it's ruins, Lord, it's going to come into reigning, God, Lord, in their household, Lord, that they're reigning in their household with their neighbors, with their occupation, they're overcoming, Lord, that they're going to begin to think, Lord, like royalty, and they begin to speak like royalty, and they will begin to operate as royalty, Lord. I thank you that you're not doing it by power or by might, but by your spirit, God. And Lord, we thank you for that. And right now, if you're here and you're online and you say, you know what, I don't have a relationship with God. I don't have a relationship with Jesus. The Bible says that today is the day of salvation. I want to say a prayer with you, and I believe today when you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, you will be saved today. We have a team. We're going to pray all together. If today you say, you know what, today I want to come to God. I'm ready to be united with God. I'm ready to do life with him. I want you to say this prayer after me. Say, Jesus, I ask you in my heart, I turn from my ways. I believe that you died, that you rose again, and that you're here today. Lord, I want you from this day forward become my Savior and my Lord. The Bible says when you say that, all your sins are from the east to the west. They're no more. And with everybody's head bow and eyes closed, if you said that today, I'm not going to embarrass you. Just slip up your hand. I'm going to personally pray for you. I see your hand. I see your hand. God bless you. God bless you. I see your hand. You can put it down. The Bible says that when one person turns to God, all of the heavens rejoice. That there's a party going on in heaven when one person turns to God. How many of you want to party with heaven for those that turn to God today? On the count of three, we just want to welcome you, not just to the church, but to the kingdom of God and God's family. The Bible says when you made that decision, there's a party going on in heaven right now. And on the count of three, Church 54, if we can just give them a hand and welcome them to the kingdom of God and join heaven in their party, I believe God is looking down in this place in New Orleans, Louisiana, and he's pleased with his children. On the count of three, one, two, three. Come on, give God a hand. Give God a shout. We love you.